Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Tonight's episode of Must Have Seen TV is a little scary. It's time for the podcast obsessed with spook comms of the 20th century. From the monsters to Sabrina the Teenage Witch, I'm your TV ghoul, Brett White. And I'm also a senior reporter producer for Decider.com. This week, I'm joined by, from the Everything is Super podcast from the post-show recaps network emporium, Kevin Mahadeo. <laughs> Hello! (laughs) (laughs) And returning spook, Josh Wiggler. Yes, and in the time since we last spoke about a spook com, I have become a ventriloquist, and Kevin is my dummy. Whoa. He's just saying all the things <laughs> He's that keevil. I want him to say. Keevil. Yeah. Uh, I, I keevil. am quite keevil. This keevil. is accurate. <laughs> or Kevil, Kevil, Keevil? keevil it's, pre- it's spelled Kevil, pronounced Keevil. Yeah. 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 So how, 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 welcome. How y'all doing? <laughs> Brett, oh my God! Uh, Thank you for rescuing us and letting us podcast about family matters for a minute. This is, <laughs> this yeah. is very good. Very I'm so good. excited about this. Like, family matters <laughs> is one of those like that era of of sitcoms, especially is like my formative like stuff. You know, oh, yeah. like family matters. And before that, Perfect Strangers. Um, but like Perfect Strangers, Family Matters, Step by Step, Boy Meets World. Like this is such an era of sitcomery that is mine. And even <laughs> that intro you did, I just realized I was like, we don't get that anymore. Like there, there's shows that yeah. don't do this. Like this, like tonight's episode is very scary. Like The Simpsons that did was it. Weird. Like, yeah, <laughs> such a thing. <laughs> it just makes me laugh. Right, so yeah. what is the um? I want it because also since last time we were here, I don't think Josh, you become a podcasting magnate in. Three years, I think it was October 2017 that we talked about. Was that the last time? Was oh, the um, gosh. the was boy the, meets world the, puberty the werewolf episode? Werewolf episode yeah. Puberty <laughs> metaphor. It is a puberty, right? Puberty Isn't metaphor, it? For I sure. don't even know. Oh, oh god. Uh, yeah. Wow. Uh, well, not much has changed globally. <laughs> <laughs> what is so wild is that for about same. two years it was the same level of shitty. And then in the last like seven months, it was like, no, nah, we can just dig it even deeper. It's like, no, nah, we can do <laughs> just better than worse that. Than this. Oh. Yeah, I wish that uh, Jaleel White had started off on January 1st uh, a podcast announcement saying this year it's is going to be extra <laughs> scary. It's going to be a very scary year. Live with someone uh, courageous. 
No, I mean, I I spend probably uh, I, I would guess that I podcast somewhere in the realm of 10 hours a week would be my bet. Jesus. Uh, I would bet that it, it is somewhere in that region. Uh, it will only be increasing, I, I guess, by the time that this podcast comes out. Post show recaps, we've launched our Patreon. Uh, so we have a patron only podcast feed now where we're doing uh, at least one extra weekly show where we're doing like a movie club. Uh, oh. So that could be now like like 12 hours a week. I don't know. It's a lot. It's a lot of podcasting. But we were talking before we got online, Brett, and you were talking about how uh, like this kind of work is like therapeutic right now. And like podcasting is like therapeutic right now. And to slip away into literally anything else is great. In addition to regular therapy, I agree that podcasting <laughs> has been a very prime source of therapy for me. And uh, Kevin and I are podcasting together every week, which has been really, really wonderful. And we've been talking about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. That's ending pretty soon, though we're gonna we have plans to keep uh, keep going. In the well, you have to do every podcast. episode of Shield. We're probably mm. going to do all of it. <laughs> do we? <laughs> do we have to? Can I for three years of that? That's for the three thousand dollar a month patrons. Cool. We'll do the uh, the Agents of Shield rewatch. Uh, well, y'all did what? Y'all I, did one for every MCU movie. Yeah, yep. we've done one for every MCU movie. We're actually recording Ant Man and the Wasp uh, shortly after Man. we hop off here. Yeah. I think I just rewatched uh, that so, last weekend. It's hey, pretty good. It, yeah, it's pretty what good. Do you spoiler. Do, what are you doing good. after this? You want to <laughs> stick around? Oh, we just got stuff. Uh, so we've got that. We've got Captain Marvel still on the way. We've got Avengers Endgame still on the way, and then uh, uh, Spider-Man: Far oh, From oh. Home, obviously. And I think that's gonna that's gonna launch us into what we're gonna do next as a very thinly veiled spoiler for what will follow the MCU. The Inhumans. Um, the Inhumans yes, is where we'll go. I would well, actually. Kind I'd be interested, of actually. love to host an episode by episode in because it's only like nine episodes or something. That's still too many. I know, I just, but I, like I, I, the part of me I that loves just garbage. the movie too. <laughs> I can imagine a world where we we watch all of the Inhumans as much as we can tolerate and do one podcast about it. But I we I all think say how far we got. Explode, yeah, yeah. I think any more than that, and I'll explode. Oof, uh, that show uh, is. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what's not part of my uh, my weekly podcast lineup, though. Brett is anything remotely resembling Family Matters spooktacular episode, and so watching this was like a completely very super incredible kind of actually terrifying nostalgia bomb because uh, yeah. i i grew up on tgif we talked boy meets world the last time i love anything tgif family matters was my thing i loved family matters uh kind of odd like growing up in like an extraordinarily white hometown oh, yeah. like <laughs> a deeply very 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 white uh part of america uh and family matters was like by far and away my show uh and I, I don't know if it was because this episode of tv was so scary that like i blocked steeple out of my memory but watching it back today was an experience well, that i'm ready to, to recapping this week we're gonna be traveling to october 25th 1996 sleepers rolled the box office the Macarena by Los Del Rio topped the charts. Yes. <laughs> and ABC aired the Family Matters episode, steve Kevin and Josh, you must have seen steve before today. I know, Kevin, you suggested we watch Family Matters to begin with, I do believe. Yes, um, I definitely, uh, I didn't remember the full plot, but I remembered steve happening, right? I remember, like, a dummy <laughs> coming to life. Um, because 
the wild thing about the show and like i definitely wanted to do family matters for so many reasons because like josh family matters is a huge thing for me um because it's a great show and it's amazing and i i love reginald vell johnson because i was a diehard fan (laughs) um and ghostbusters first two seconds in there um and you know, Steve Urkel was such a cultural icon. He's up there with Bart Simpson for the yeah. era of just being someone who transcends yeah, uh, television. You just see him and it immediately just like snaps you back. And also, exactly. I mean, like, you know, as adults, we can, I think, without shame, say a lot of TGIF is um, garbage. I mean, like, but so now, now, now I'm turning it back around. Full House yeah. is lovely garbage that I find delicious and could just eat that garbage all day. Step by Step is like actual garbage that like is kind of shocking tried. how bad it is. Back to it. Yeah. Family Matters. You go back and you start watching Family Matters from the beginning. You will first of all be surprised by season one where it is a completely different show because Urkel ain't there. They figured it out, right? Like it was like season two ish. Did like, they? That's by season two, did, did they figured it out? Is so, the question. <laughs> by season, so I did write an article well, after I watched season three. I wrote an article for Decider that was like season three of Family Matters actually is a perfect season of sitcoms. Like I have kind of my own unofficial canon of like Cheers season one, Friends season one uh, are perfect. Be- like. I think like Seinfeld season four, I th- like I can't remember the actual, one. but there are these there are these seasons where it's like they just got everything right. And season three of Family Matters is like the they hit the perfect balance of like the Urkel bot shows up, but then also they tackle like racism, like really head on and really yeah. like unflinchingly. And then also Waldo Faldo is there. <laughs> oh, and so like, it's-, it's great. They figured it out and like it's way better than I remembered it being. And then you get to season eight, which is where we are today. And shit's nuts it's a different oh, show wow. i mean is, is that season the one with uh carl having racism from his fellow officers because like yeah, that yeah great episode yeah so like um, i was it was shocking i there was like episode after episode like there was one about like grandma being a little girl and like the racism she had going to school mm-hmm. like i think she was part of like an integrated school or something because laura got called the n-word I yep. remember I remember that episode seeing that episode yep. in first grade where it was like spray painted on her locker or whatever yes, because she was trying was a, to yes. start a Black History Month club mm-hmm. or something in February like this is not beyond the pale yeah. like yeah, I mean, we, just, we've gone far past that though that will oh, never yeah. happen in never today's society again. where something like we've that can go but on it's like, yeah. it, Family Matters was doing all of that really smart really important really progressive like good stuff while also having Waldo Faldo and Steve, like having two very different, really funny characters, and then also giving all the other actors plots and like meat and things to do, except for Judy Winslow, who they never wrote for, even yeah. when she was on the show. She's Did cleaning. She's cleaning. What she's, happened? She's cleaning her room, or she was <laughs> grounded. One of the two. I forget which one it is, but for, for she, like, she's for, either yeah, for like five they, years. They, the last time, they yeah, never the last time we, we saw her is that uh, they said like I think it's like go to your room or like go clean your room and then she vanishes forever and they they're mention, all having some sort yeah. of like House of W shared hallucination where oh, yeah. uh, she's been snapped out of existence. Yeah. House of her, and, her and Morgan yeah. briefly, right? Morgan yeah. from um, yeah, uh, from Boy Meets World. But then when she for comes short back, period. they acknowledge that she was gone yep. for a long time. Whereas Judy just <laughs> disappears, and then later episodes they'll say, "Oh yeah, our two children." <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> just it's brutal. Very strange <laughs> stuff. Um, but no, yeah, Family Matters was. I will. I I will say this, uh, gentle listeners. I am sorry that the two Family Matters episodes I've talked about are from seasons eight and nine. <laughs> <laughs> At some point, we are actually going to do a 
classic Family Matters episode, except I will argue this episode is nuts. This is a crazy episode. I mean, so it really, it, it legitimately begins with with Steve Urkel telling us, like, just, yeah. just so everyone knows, <laughs> this one's going to be a little bit scary. And so, like, I'm watching this with, with my wife this morning, and we're both like, oh, that's really, really funny. And then, like, the episode isn't, it, can I, like, swear on this podcast? Oh, all, all Brett, the time. Oh, yeah. This, oh. this episode was so fucked up. Yeah. Laura's chopped up in, a, in the cabinets. <laughs> So they, they stuffed Richie and his friend into paintings. Like they're all what dead. Uh, is going on? They like Harriet becomes Carl out and turn him into a puppet. Harriet becomes shit, a Jack in the Box. It's insane. This shit is so fucked up. This <laughs> evil is so fucked up. Listeners, in case you haven't been able to tell, this week on Must Have Seen TV, we're talking about the Family Matters episode. Steve, it is the seventh episode of season eight. It was written by Gregory Thomas Garcia and Fred Rubin and directed by Richard Correll, who's also the voice of steve Here's how oh, wow. Hulu <laughs> describes the episode. Steve's ventriloquist dummy comes to life on Halloween, wreaking havoc in the Winslow household. Kevin and Josh, how accurate is that description? It's accurate. It's accurate, but it's not enough. <laughs> yeah. It's it's the loosest description you can give for the monstrosity you're about to see, both from, like, events and from, like, visuals. Like, watching that puppet move around, especially when they, at many points, have, like, a little person yeah. as the puppet dancing, you're just like, this is... Doing a samba. This is... Horrifying, yeah. So yeah, yeah the like, episode... people got up off the couch at one point, and I nearly <laughs> threw up. The I episode opens, like Josh said, with Urkel, like, and honestly, warranted warning up top because I cannot imagine Family Matters' audience is the children. The children love TGIF. The children are ordering pizzas, hanging out with the family on Friday nights, watching <laughs> TGIF. <laughs> And this is the first episode. This is the, this is the eight o'clock episode. So TGIF is starting off with Urkel coming on being like, listen, fuckers, buckle up. Yeah, can, you ima- can you imagine that audience experiencing Steve without the warning? Yeah. Without any kind of prep. Like they needed this. This is a vital piece of the episode is this like, just so you, like, I think he's underselling it. It's like, just so you know, this one's a little scary. It's like, this shit's nuts. What's about it's, to happen is insane. It's crazy because, like, I think we were talking about this before we, we got on, but, like, it's such a, also, like, a quintessential thing from this time period to have these weirdo one-off episodes where they'll have, like, almost non-continuity, like, non-important episodes, but then have these warnings up front of, like, you're about to experience a horror episode, like The Simpsons doing yep. it, Boy Meets World did it a couple times, Family Matters. Like, it's so weird, but at the same time, like, you can you like it's almost it's like you said josh it's warranted because this this episode is insane and creepy and disturbing but can you imagine an episode like this happening in modern day no no, no one would ever not, do not. something like this I, they would never make please this happen do it so like yeah the opening is zirkle is like this one's a little scary and then um richie and 3j who is 3J. the like neighbor <laughs> kid who is a recurring a regular character in the last couple seasons I remember that character yeah, yeah he's only on for like a hot second at the very end which i mean honestly by this point in 1996 i have given up on tgif I am fully into like Seinfeld and Friends, and I'm like watching my adult sitcoms, and it's like I have no memories of how Family Matters ends. Oh, Urkel goes to space. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it's an actual. It's a train wreck of the highest proportions. Oh, um, which is the other episode that I've done on this podcast is the uh, series finale of Family Matters because it's oh, fully man. nuts. Um, so then the, the episode starts, and we don't even get the opening credits because they're like, we got to pack in more scares per minute. We don't have time. 
to whatever. No, what days go by? <laughs> we yeah. don't have time yeah. for that. Days go we don't have, by. The titles are it even. Also, tonally would have been so inappropriate. Oh no, yeah. Unless they got like Vincent Price to do like a spoken word <laughs> rap in the middle of it. The titles oh my God, are all been so good. This like red font that's all like jaggedy and it's like Jaleel White is Urkel I'll play Hunter. Um, and the episode starts off immediately scary when Urkel comes down and he's like, hey, Winslow's, I've got a ventriloquist dummy and it's identical. They dressed alike. When did he make that dummy? Because he's wearing the same clothes, meaning he had to have pre-ordered knowing this is the clothes he's going to wear when he's with the dummy. I anticipate that he must have known that, like, the moment he debuts the dummy, he has to be wearing the matching outfit. So, like, the important thing for Steve to do in that regard is, like, set aside his matching outfit. This is my dummy outfit. Yeah, I'll wear this the day the dummy is ready. Now I need to make it hire Uh, a seamstress to make this tiny sweater vest and suspenders. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Or maybe Uh, it's all baby clothes. That's even creepier. I mean, I, he's built a robot. He's he's been he's Stefan at this point. So no? many things by this point. He's Josh. made one of those. So I feel like I'm pretty sure he built a time machine by this point, or it's either this season or nine. One of them. This he is a, a time man machine. who is apparently one season away from going into space. Like I feel like for him to not only design a puppet but also uh, the clothes for a puppet, yeah. feels within bounds. So that scene. Um, okay, so as I mentioned, I watched Family Matters a lot. Um, when I was younger and you have obviously your kid memory of family matters. And I remembered, I started watching family matters again when it had hit Hulu, um, way back when, and I started yeah, watching yeah. and I fell out of it cause life. Um, but it was the early episodes jumping from early episodes and childhood memories to this particular episode is wild specifically <laughs> because Jaleel White comes downstairs and I am just the, the puppet is scary, but I am horrified for <laughs> him because like he is an adult man yeah. being one forced to still dress like this weirdo character he dressed as as a kid for eight and years. two for eight <laughs> years and two the, the the craziest part you can hear his voice cracking so much because he has to forcefully put on a voice of a but kid going is, through puberty. Yeah, his Even voice, though, his Urkel voice at this point, Jill White's Urkel voice at this point is just like weirdly high. Like it's just like it's so I'm really trying hard. And when it he has to because he's an he's an adult man. Yeah, at this and when point. he does the um when he when Urkel does the dummy voice and his lips move because he's bad at ventriloquism, of course, he's talking as Jill White. Like that's White, Jill yes. White's voice. <laughs> That's how yeah. he normally speaks. So I just like that was the horrifying part for me. I was like, oh, this poor man, like having to dress like this yeah. for eight years, even though he's fully grown and talk like well, that, like force your voice. And this is to, why like, they Ooh. do. I think that there is a reason why sitcoms are doing crazy episodes like this by season eight is because the actors are just like, you got to keep us entertained. We have been doing this for so long. So that's why you get there's a Halloween episode, I think the year before this or two years before this, where it's all Dracula. It's like Bram Stoker's Dracula was a huge hit movie. And so they just do like. They're all full on in a castle <laughs> in Victorian garb. Uh, <laughs> and that's also a really good one. Um, so after the Winslows are just like, Steve, your shit's annoying. So for some reason, you're living with us. <laughs> yeah, they hate Please it. Please go they away. Really don't. For they, eight years, yeah. they've hated it. And they yeah. still allow him into this house. And this was, yeah. So, I mean, I guess like He's, when you're when you're just sort of like airdropping into family matters, you're not necessarily hip to like the, the recent mythology. Yeah. But Steve He's is living. living I think in the house living at this point. Because, so he yeah. goes up and he lays down a, on, a, on a bed in the room that, in Eddie's room, he lays down on the Murphy he and bed. and share a room now. And there's yeah. a framed photo of uh, Myra, Myra Monkhouse, uh, next to his bed. So, like, that is his bed. 
Yeah. Wait, is yeah. that Myra? Yeah, I think I think it was Myra. It's either Myra I, or Laura. Okay. I, I think was, so. That, I, I wrote this down. The second most horrifying thing to me, because I looked at that and I think I thought it was a picture of Laura, but it's specifically a picture of Laura when she was still like a child. And if you have a picture of, and even if it's Myra, like that's still a very young-looking picture of Myra. Yeah, I don't know and when Myra left have, the show. I think she's. Uh, well, I think she's still around. She's I, not this. I mean, she spa- the, she was spared Stevel's wrath. So I don't wait. Do you guys not know what happened to Myra in IRL? Yes, Wait, she the, she passed away. Yeah, right? she passed away. I think during the filming. Wait, really? She passed away in uh, 1998. Yeah, Michelle <gasps> Thomas. Oh my yeah. God, I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. about to say, like, do you not know? Because I had a huge crush on Myra when I was a kid. So yeah. Oh well, yeah, that's I, uh, after Family Matters ended. After it was over, mm. yeah. But I know, like, it was Aww. something around. So she might have left because she. I think it was from cancer. Um. So I think she might have left because she was sick. Oh, um, that sucks. Oh, now I feel bad. Oh, she's an icon. I mean, she's an she icon. She is. Um, but like either way, if it's a picture of Myra or Laura, it's a, it's a very young picture of him. And he has a framed young picture of them by his bedside, yeah. which is so creepy. Cause again, he's an adult man at this point. Like get a modern picture. You, you have, she's Laura's right there. Yeah. Just put a modern day picture of her in there. Just drill a in hole into the wall. Well. No, just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Don't do that. To do that in her house, under her roof is so just an added layer of insult. This is injury. where you know that shit's about to get real because we hit this like, trifecta of it like so first of all we got a dummy involved second of all urkel is laying down on a bed third of all it is thundering and lightning and it's just like we are about to get this alchemy is like gonna make a dream a horrific nightmare sequence yeah it's the the, it's the lightning right the lightning does it well in his dream like first of all his dream in gentle view gentle listeners um yeah this is spoiler alert this is all a dream within a dream (laughs) Something. <laughs> oh, yeah, dream within a dream inception. within a dream. Yeah, yeah. there's an exception. And they don't really give us the courtesy of room for interpretation at the end with like a top still spinning. Which like, I kind of like. Queer. Thank God yeah. we put a nail in Stevel's coffin, but he's back next season. So, but I, yeah, <laughs> and on a certain level, I think I would have appreciated if like we could continue watching Family Matters with the potential oh. threat of Stevel reemerging. <laughs> so, Always around the corner. Yeah, <laughs> just like House on Haunted Hill. It's just <laughs> yeah. in the background. There's yes. Stevels hidden. Stevels everywhere. <laughs> yeah, if you look in every shot, there's a Stevel. So I love. Uh, so he wishes that the dummy could talk and then he like doses off for a hot second it's actually a good sleight of hand because they don't show him really going to sleep it's more like the camera like he like lays down the camera cuts away to the doll then the doll is struck by lightning and the the shot of the doll being struck by lightning and his eyes moving and the audience's reaction the audience's reactions throughout are just great fantastic they are screaming they're all like I think I heard one person say like oh no <laughs> but but the but the end of the episode like does like the breakdown on how they shot Stevel. So my my question is is like how much was this filmed in front of a live audience versus how much did know. they have to do sort of quietly and privately? Well, like that scene specifically, I looked like the audience may not have known because that one is shot well enough where if you really really pay attention, you can see the puppeteer behind him in black, but it looks like it's just something covered up. So yeah. imagine you're the audience, you don't know what the setup is going to be, and then all of a sudden the puppet moves. <laughs> you might be like, "Oh, what?" Yeah. So like, I think yeah. I think yeah. they may have got the genuine reaction there to pull the like rug out from the audience, and then yeah. like obviously start doing the other parts they of it. Could have which would also be such done smart the thing because other sometimes sitcoms like How I Met Your Mother did this, where they would just shoot the episode without an audience and they would play that play it back for people to then record their laughs at joke i don't know that's a weird way to do it so they might have also done it that way just to get or honestly it could all be fake but 
whoever whoever was crafting the audience reaction to this is just wow brilliant the sound design alone because not only do we get the audience actually having kind of both laughing and having weird horror reactions the music is straight up psycho music like it is not for a joke like it is legit horror score which it's a nightmare <laughs> which, i mean the the whole thing is really a nightmare but like it really does play and kevin you're obviously kevin and i also do a lovecraft country podcast with the great latanya starks and you are both more the horror people than me but like this was very child's play to me it's like, cl- it, it's clearly child's play but also like i had to look it up and um you know the, the when when steve started speaking i for a second was like is that robert Ungler? because they're doing clearly an impersonation <laughs> of freddy krueger and it's right. not it's it's it's, it's a director the, it's it's Welcome a director time steve <laughs> i mean basically <laughs> i would have loved it if that happened um but like they're clearly going for so many parodies i mean like harriet being the um jack-in-the-box is pulled straight out of uh, uh twilight zone there's oh. like little bits and pieces that are um that are Laura. And, she's like, bits and pieces <laughs> Yeah, she is. Laura is the bits and pieces. Um, but I love that, like, there's so much about this show that I do want to, like, talk about, I guess, like, after we do a recap. But, like, this episode is black horror done at a time when black horror wasn't a thing. Oh, yeah. Um, like, and so it was just so cool to watch this now and see this happening, despite, like, how crazy and weird that show is. I mean, like... The, like we mentioned, the show got really wild. It, it, like I wrote down at one point too, like poor Carl Winslow, he's dealing with all this bullshit. He was just trying to raise his middle class back black family. And, like, that's what <laughs> and the show like, originally was. Your neighbor's gonna take over your life. He's gonna get you yeah. like trapped on a hill. He's gonna like take yeah. you in a hot air balloon. He's gonna. <laughs> it's gonna be so many terrible Steve! things to happen. And then ultimately, poor he's gonna Carl stalk Winslow. and then marry your daughter. So yeah, uh, yeah. Wow. I can't believe Carl was like. Oh, Carl should have restraining ordered Steve early on in yeah, this series. Part like, of it doesn't play that well. Uh, so then, yeah, like, that Steve, part does not play well. <laughs> Steve like sees like Steve is alive. He's not named Steve yet. The dummy is alive. He then runs downstairs, tells everyone like, "Y'all, the dummy is alive. Look at him." He's, the, of course, he doesn't move. I didn't know that. I really dummy. love the Winslows' Halloween decorations. They went all out. Oh, they're great. <laughs> They had yeah. a candy corn uh, decor, like a giant candy corn near the chimney that I was like, look at that, a single candy corn. Yeah, I might have to do that. <laughs> I think after we, so after we pod, I'm probably going to get on Amazon and just see what spooky decorations I can buy since I can't go to Target and do my normal. Just decorate your house for yourself. You just gotta... Peanut butter cups. That's really all I care all... about. Mm. Just peanut butter cups all month long. Oh, yeah. That's the thing. Listeners, I'm, I'm considering uh, hopping on the Instagram live and streaming a, a Halloween episode of a sitcom every night in October. So Ooh, follow, follow Instagram yeah, at Must Have that. Seen TV. Uh, that's the easiest way for that's me awesome. to just I just set my phone up at my old television and just have it play. <laughs> that's awesome. And it works. That's amazing. Um, so, yeah, that's people awesome. uh, follow the Instagram account. I'll hopefully be doing that. We'll see. You know what? I make a lot of promises I don't keep. We'll see. Um, I know nothing about this. I love. Myself. So I didn't. I wrote down this one line. So when they're all like, Steve, you're crazy. And Carl says, like, <laughs> do you need to be checked into the rubber Ramada? Yes. <laughs> Which I have never heard of a padded cell referred to as a rubber Ramada. The other thing I really like that Carl says is, like, uh, to be honest, your act just improved. <laughs> Steve's not saying anything. It's just brutal. Carl Winslow is a hero. Like, He's this great. Could, like, 
He's such a great character. I and gave despite, you a roof, Steve, but right? I don't need to give you any approval. <laughs> like the character changed so much because of like, like I said, what he was and where he ends up. And you see it here. Like that character has gone to the point of just giving, giving up to yeah, an extent just, and is just uh, there to just be like, oh God, their this whole is mission my life is just, now. Let's just get out of the house. Like, yeah. Cause who is it? It's, it's uh, like Harriet and Carl. Is there a third adult? Yes. No. There's Estelle. Oh, she's in this episode. She's in. Oh, so that's Estelle the weird thing. Is the only one who seems to really enjoy Steve. Yeah. Yes. Uh, when when Steve is doing the ventriloquist right. act at the start, there is a cut to Estelle, and she's like legitimately cracking up. Because Mother like, oh, Winslow this is, good. is this is good. A bundle of positivity and <laughs> awesomeness. And she also just um, look at disappears. What Steve's doing. I'm very proud of him. He's yeah. channeling all of his creativity <laughs> into something that won't kill us all. And she's the only one that doesn't get got. In yeah. this episode, everyone else has something bad happen to them. We don't, we like Estelle leaves with Carl and Harriet and she's gone. It's God, like she knows Steve's better. subconscious refused because maybe, oh my God, maybe it's a plot point because she was so encouraging of him. <gasps> His subconscious oh, didn't go after Estelle. That makes sense. That would be amazing. Canon. It's canon. So yeah. then everyone leaves except for Steve and the dummy. The dummy's on the couch. And then the dummy gets off the couch <laughs> the, the audience every moment loses their the mind dummy, the, and the dummy gets off the couch and he like he like kind of like rolls off yeah. a little bit but in a bit like in like this very physically tangibly human way yeah. where it is now unmistakable that stevel as being portrayed on Family Matters for this shot and subsequent shots is a human being <laughs> wearing the Stevel mask. That you can and see the is, seam in the back, which uh, makes it even weird. It's, it is it's so wild. unnerving. It's it, so that wild. that was like the moment where like I was having a great time watching the episode, but literally that happened and I shouted. I was like, ah! It is and a it weird, just, <laughs> uncanny valley. Like it, it, it taps into something just very viscerally Ugh. like either either it terrifies you or it doesn't it's the same kind of thing there's an episode of bewitched that i might do this month called a safe and sane halloween where it's 1965 and tabitha the little girl which conjures three storybook demons to life and it is three little people from 1965 wearing halloween costumes from 1965 which are terrifying because all halloween costumes pre-1985 are just like homemade dirty sheet weird looking you know Nightmare. <laughs> nightmares and there's something yeah. about just like that uncanny valleyness of a person playing i think that's not a person but they're moving like a yep. person and it's and that unlike like josh said that mask right and the way like it, and they keep jumping back and forth and i think that's the part that's even more unnerving because every now and then you'll see the puppet as a puppet talking yeah. up close shots and then they'll pull out and it starts dancing or something doing the song <laughs> like, like following steve or following taunting steve, steve <laughs> with body language yeah. with like the sassiest effing body oh, yeah. language so the actor playing uh, steve is joshua yes. ryan evans who if yes. you were a fan of <laughs> garbage soap operas in the late 90s you'll remember as timmy <laughs> from passions Yes. So I didn't know that. And then, you know, at the end of this episode, they do like this whole reel that shows you behind the scenes on Steve-El, uh, and they show the kid who's playing uh, steve And it's this guy, Joshua Ryan Evans, who plays Timmy from Passions. And Emily immediately goes, Timmy! Yeah. And I go, what are you talking about? <laughs> and she apparently, I discovered today, thanks to you, Brett, for assigning out steve that Emily watched like all of Passions, or at least a lot of Passions. And the very next stop, 
stop after watching Stevel was the full 38 minutes of the first episode of Is Fashion. it streaming somewhere? <laughs> is it it's on YouTube? I think I think it's on Hulu. Ooh. I don't know. The quality was awful. If, the quality was... Or maybe it was on Prime. I just I remember, know. like... Because Passions was a moment, if you don't remember this, listeners. Like, there was a um, really good joke in Buffy Season 4 where Spike is living with Giles and they're doing like an odd couple kind of routine because he's being annoying. And Spike is, I think, tied up to the chair and he's like, give me the remote. Passions is on. Timmy's down the bloody well. (laughs) 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 And that line of dialogue just always sticks with me. So that's actually something because I think it bonded Spike and Joyce because I think Joyce Joyce also also loves Passions. Passions. We just did a Buffy rewatch, and we're about to finish uh, Angel, so we're about to like wipe the 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 Buffy verse clean. No spoilers. I'll get there someday. So mm. I have to let my cat out of my office real quick. But while yes, I'm doing that, right. y'all talk about when Stevel says Urkel starts walking up the stairs doing a mantra, and then Stevel scares him by saying "boo." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like that that part. This. <laughs> Uh, this episode is so wild and equally insane, right? Because, like, that's such a nonsense moment where, like, yeah. there's a puppet going up the stairs behind you. We'll turn around and you just see it go, boo. And you're just like, freak out. And, like, yes, that would be scary in real life. But also, as a viewer, you're watching it knowing that it's just a person in a weird puppet costume. I don't just... like how you're underselling that, though, Kevin. It's like, it's not just a person. You're, you're they, right. But it's just... have, you, you aren't used to this, I feel like, in this kind of puppet. Bit horror. We're right. Right. We're not. Thing, we're not. It's this. Ma- so this episode, just on the whole, matches up the comfort of these kind of shows, which are supposed to be comfort food that you just like watch and it's fun. The audience is there, but they're doing a legit horror story in front of an audience that is having weird mixed reactions and a legit horror score. So all of these disparate tones are playing, and it just makes. I don't know. I feel like if they had injected goofy music and <laughs> like just like normal laughter, it might not play as weird. Well, yeah, I think the laughter is whether or not it's like sound designed or it's earnest. It's like it's it's a lot of like sort of like the vibe I think we're putting yeah, off like, here on the podcast. It's like, oh, my what God. Is happening? <laughs> and you're not used to that. And it's so it messes with things. It's really yeah. smart. Uh, when yeah. he gets up to his room, he then Urkel then puts a bunch of scotch tape on the door, which I thought was a <laughs> funny joke. That part killed me. Yeah. That part yeah. was just like, brilliant. But Urkel, don't matter because you didn't close your window. And that motherfucker is climbing in through yeah. your window. And you, Another the, horrifying <laughs> shot. Yeah. As the very human Stevel is climbing through in the through the window. window. And then he says, like, what does he say? Like, I can talk. I can, what, I can dance. And then. Yep. Yeah. Samba time. <laughs> Stevel does a samba dance. And I write that this is a fucked up Lynchian nightmare. It really is. Yeah. Sometimes my arms bend back. I have to let yeah, Dolores like out of is, my office now. It is It is very Red Room uh, is everything that's going on. With, it's uh, very, it, it is very strange. And I think that's my, that's my thing, right? Like, I feel such weird whiplashy emotions I watching this because it. it is legit weird. It's legit yeah. horrifying, but also like so absurdist that my brain is like, this is absurd. This is crazy. Also, I mean, like, Josh, you mentioned we do Lovecraft and I'm into horror. So, like, my view on horror is is also warped because I've been watching horror movies <laughs> since I was four years old. I saw Nightmare when I was four. Oh, God. So, like, my, my view of horror movies is so... It explains so, so yeah. much. <laughs> the rage it's comes so from a real place. Different. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. It comes Elm from Street. Freddy Krueger. comes um, from Elm Street. 
so like these scenes are for me like equally horrifying and equally absurd and equally funny so like my emotions are just <laughs> all over the place and like it's it's wild. I keep saying it's wild, but it is so it is. wild that this exists. And, and then it, it aired <laughs> on a Friday night at 8 p.m., 7 p.m. Central, kicking off the night. Um, right? This is where oh steve basically gives his um, plan, where he's like, oh, yeah, cool, 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 cool. Uh, I'm going to murder the Winslows. <laughs> yeah. I don't like the Winslows. <laughs> like, like, yeah. And Steve's like, what do you mean? He's like, I don't like them. They're all going to go. <laughs> because he wants like He's just announced his intention to murder yeah. and then we get the lightning. entire family. <laughs> um, so then uh, we get the first act break. We come back. Richie and 3J are going to go trick-or-treating. Richie is dressed as Michael Jordan and 3J is dressed as Dennis Rodman. Timely, timely, timely. Um, so yeah. timely. Also, it's going to come into play later, but above Steve Urkel's Murphy bed is a like wall decals <laughs> of Michael Jordan yeah. and Dennis Rodman. I believe uh, it's officially called Murphy bed number one. Yes. <laughs> yes. Is that is that now? Here's a question. Is that something Steve put up or is that something Eddie had put up and that is left there? Because I, I like, cannot imagine no, yeah. Steve being a basketball fan at, at all. all. No, I need to yeah. watch. So my rewatch of Step by Step, I think, or of uh, Family Matters is like, think i just started season six or i'm like at the end of five or start of six so i i'm not there yet he's still living next door um i honestly <laughs> Before his parents abandoned him i think that's what it was oh, is yeah, that his they parents left him. are terrible yeah. oh awful, awful awful people so they go off to trick-or-treat steve comes down and he's like it's all good carl that dummy you didn't believe in is locked in a trunk we're all good and then we cut to the trunk and it says it has two signs on it one says beware and the other says evil puppet inside evil do- mm-hmm. <laughs> which is very dead dove don't eat <laughs> yeah has, has steve has urkel already at this point said you're evil yeah and then and then the pope goes oh i like that yeah <laughs> i shall now be called Steve, <laughs> and it's like lightning crash. I think that happened, yeah, before this, yeah. So, that's, do you think uh, that they had the name of the episode before, and then they were like, "Had like we need to write around this"? Oh yeah, like yeah, we want to do they Halloween. Had Steve, they had Steve in the back pocket yep. probably for like four years. Yeah. And they're like, what this is, is this? the year? It's right. Like we know we've got something. We've got a name. We just haven't figured out what it I is. I would totally like buy. A- a steve action figure or something. Oh, like, a million percent. I mean, I need... I honestly, yeah. I need more live-action sitcom merchandise. I need more. There needs to be more live-action Yeah, there isn't a lot. And it's mostly Funko Pops, and I don't even like Funko Pops, and I have a bunch of Funko Pops. I have yeah. to imagine, like, I mean, maybe this was the waning years of Family Matters, so maybe there weren't wasn't as much merchandise, but certainly in its heyday... There was an Urkel doll. There was... So yeah, there, there was, was an absolutely Urkel an Urkel doll. I was going to say, I remember that existing, but I don't think they made like a steve version of it that could exist. <laughs> right? Like a puppet you could so then, move around. So we're at the trunk, and then, of course, steve punches through that trunk. He opens it from the inside. And then the direction on this is next level, because the camera, like, it peeks open. It's fully dark. Camera zooms in. Lightning crashes, and you see his eyes, and they start looking around. <laughs> yeah, so we need to stop down, probably, and just, like... Make sure to reiterate the fact that apparently in addition to being a sentient evil puppet, steve also has super strength. Super strength, uh, yeah. Yes. His his ability to punch through oh, yeah. this crate the wall. should really give you a strong indication of some of the things that are about to go down because one of Steve's many powers, he's like the, he's, what is the, what's like the, the, uh, 
the the M Night Shyamalan movie that's connected to Unbreakable, uh, the James McAvoy character. Yeah, doesn't he like turn into the Beast and yes. he has like all of this like secret super strength? Yes, that's yes. like Steve. Yeah, it, it is. It's it's this also one start. of those things. So, um, yeah, seeing Steve punch through. Which also, before I get to that, the fact that he one just has some sort of weird uh, chest that he is at his disposal to lock stuff into, concerning for someone like Steve Urkel, and two, uh, that he just put him in a chest and left him in the middle of the room, like didn't even put it elsewhere, like hide it in a closet, Set that no fire, just, burn it, yeah, get rid of it. But Whenever he's like, no, nah, trapped in there needs to be sent back to hell. <laughs> uh, but Steve being able to punch through the wood like Kill Bill style. Uh, was interesting because it made him, I think, a little bit scarier than someone. Like, to me, Chucky was never scary. I was never that afraid of Chucky because, to me, Chucky was just like, it's a doll, just punt him. Yeah, um, just kick like, him really so, hard. Right, just kick him hard and he's gone. Because Chucky didn't have, like, super-duper strength or anything like that, but Steve is, like, punching through wood. <laughs> oh, like, balls? You know, like, a, like, he's ripping yeah. people up? Exactly. So, like, I think this level yeah. has made Steve way more dangerous than, like, Chucky, who is just just stand on I, a high I surface jump. you're yeah. fine i i just yeah. do think it's important that we're like noting the the various powers at steve's disposal so yeah. one is sentience uh, one is He's... sick moves oh no one is one <laughs> sentience two is sick moves sick moves sick <laughs> sick moves three is super strength uh so then we get the 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 blood the blood spree the murder spree Murders, well, he has really murder. The um, dismemberment and torture spree starts because we don't know what he did to Eddie. We never see Eddie well, yeah, again. Ed, so. He comes down, and Eddie is just like chilling. No, Eddie's I think also there's Eddie's chilling. An implication of yeah. death. Eddie's chilling yeah. on the couch, and all of a sudden he hears like a rough a rustling in the chimney, and Eddie is like, "Bo Santa." <laughs> <laughs> so, so Always sweet. a genius. Let's also so point out sweet. that Eddie, if Urkel is a man, Eddie is a man. He is yes. like. A full-on, like, 35-year-old-looking adult human male. <laughs> yeah, know? he last... On my radar, he last popped up. He was in season two of The Leftovers. Oh. And he was, like a, he was like a fortune teller in Miracle, Texas, which is wow. the setting of the second season. So, like, he had, like, a serious, dramatic role. Good for uh, yeah, Darius so McQuarrie. He, yeah, he's hanging in so there. So he gets he's sucked up good. the chimney. Yeah, yes. he gets... Yeah, so uh, now we have to add, like... Um, and I think this was already implied too. Is like agility, uh, yes. Because, like you know, sort of like the Spider-Man acrobatics. Uh, He's in there, like he climbed, he climbed in through the window, and now he like climbed down the chimney. So and and through the chimney is able to yank. Yeah, that's some super yes. strength. Yeah, that's Full where the super strength came Eddie. in. Yeah. So so yeah. Uh, super superhuman agility, superhuman strength. So the next can you imagine? If the show got powers. super weird at that point, and like just a shower of blood fell out of the chimney. <laughs> like, well, if they really wanted to F with the audience, that would have been the uh, moment. <laughs> a, a, I mean, like a Stevel edit, uh, the Stevel dead, and that's just like the unrated <laughs> yeah. version of Stevel would be pretty amazing. Listeners, make it happen. Uh, <laughs> the next scene, we then cut to his second victim, second and third, Richie and 3J are out trick-or-treating. They're on their bikes, and they're biking away, and then steve is driving Urkel's weird-ass little car that's, you know, a, it's a running thing, uh, just chasing after him. About to, so like, we, at first, I thought he was going to run them over. 
Like yes, I thought up. so too. I thought so as well. I thought he was just going to straight up run them down. We have to probably uh, wonder how is Stevel with his uh, short body able to operate this vehicle? Uh, he could in have the first like place. what technopathy? Maybe he can control electronic devices through his mind or something. Or it would make sense given his connections to Steve Urkel. Uh, there are reasons to believe that he can stretch, yeah. but we we should get we should get there when we get there. <laughs> uh, but that might be a, that might be a piece of it. So is this when? Yeah, he. Um, so now Steve or Steve Urkel is back up in his bedroom. And Stevel confronts Urkel, and I wrote down on my notes, Stevel is like, check out the dead bodies, dude. Yeah. <laughs> he basically is like, why don't you check under Murphy bed number one? And he like opens it, and then 3J and Richie, this is a weird, like, their heads have been pushed through the wall where Michael, Jordan, and Dennis Rodman's bodies are. So yeah. now it actually occurs to me, as we're talking about it, maybe that is what happened, because originally it was... The, um, what are those wall clings? I, I, this is how little I know about sports memorabilia and putting stuff on my walls. So, yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 that's what we saw originally, but maybe he did run them over and flatten them. So now mm. he's put them on there instead of the original, like, fathead. So, ne- like, I think that's actually what happened is that he flattened them out and then sucked them onto the wall. Oh, I guess I should uh, see if they're in the same pose or not. Yeah. I, 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 did, I don't remember, but I'm just thinking about this now. I mean, totally, um, that makes sense with the kind of cartoonish, creepy shit he's about to do. that they're going for. So then he, yeah. he um, so then Steve, then Steve Urkel, then he also tells him, like, yeah, and Eddie's gone up the chimney or something. Steve runs down to the kitchen, and I think this might be my creepiest shot, because Steve is down in the kitchen, and he's not looking behind him, but behind him, in the distance, you see steve coming down the stairs. Steve's just coming down the stairs as when, a human. This when is a human body. It's when he's behind Urkel and not the focus of the scene. It's the creepiest to me. Yes. Yes. It's awful. Everything involving an actual actor playing steve <laughs> is terrible. In a great way, but terrible. It yeah. just... And it oh. plays into like that's the parts of horror that are I think genuine, right? Like when you when looking past the absurdity of it, they're actually doing the true horror trope of like you, the audience member, can see the person that you're supposed to be following, yeah. and behind them you see the horrifying thing they're not even witnessing, yeah. right? And yeah. I think that absolutely plays into the stuff horror does. So every time we see it, it just feels so true to like what horror can be, where you're just beyond him, just moving very creepily well, as a real human person dressed well, as a dummy. <laughs> I think another thing too is like anytime you can like uh, any like sort of like human body mimicry is good for horror, right? Like even like if it's like really ridiculous even if it's you know this is clearly not real i think like the 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 literal physical motion of the human body in this context is terrifying and feels very evocative and suddenly makes it feel a lot more real than it should be it's it's weird because like would it have been more scary to you guys if he moved more puppet like or is it because he moved so human that it's horrifying i think it's funnier if he's like doing like unless yeah, no, I think it is funnier. It's creepier because it's just like a person just moving with. Um, now is where we see his next villain, which is Laura. Yeah. Who he's Steve like opens up one of the cupboards and it's like Laura from the shoulders up. The next one is like her legs, legs and then the third one is her torso. Yep. And <laughs> there's some like funny which... physical gags where she like her hand disappears from one, scratches her head. On the head, then uh, goes yes. down and appears in the third cabinet, and then she yeah. like crosses her feet. And 
I love yeah. that because it's like it is like it is a, such a fun moment that they clearly put the uh, work into to make the effect like be cool and like be shocking. But also was very clear like this is really difficult to pull off. And Laura, the actress, is in an awkward position. So she has that like, hey, Steve, can you close the cabinet? So <laughs> it's that's where like we're not having to keep paying for that and have that on screen. It's also very yeah. theatrical because like when he opens it, there's like a spotlight goes onto her to like light up her face. And so like when he closes the cupboard, you can see like the light goes off. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a weird, like, okay, that was very theatrical. And also, like, they built that wall out because it's not the normal cabinets. Like, the cabinets are almost flush with the wall behind it. So it, obviously, they didn't really cut up. Uh, right. Kelly, Shane Williams. Um, <laughs> but Stevel did and was able to keep her alive. So how is that a possibility? Can, it's uh, also what, resurrection I mean, powers, right? Like, yeah. uh, reanimated corpse power. Cauterized yeah. knife hands. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he does have really good. It could be teleportation. Like he's got like little sort of like nightcrawler portals. Or like magic. You can cabinet. do like the portal portals. Yeah, yeah that could work. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, or blink. We, but there's lots we can go here, guys. Honestly, yeah. as we X Men it up, we could just. Yeah. He's a low. He's a low or high functioning reality warper. <laughs> Whoa. I did like that he says like Laura's got a real problem with her shelf esteem. <laughs> Yes, there's a, a fourth power of his in the in the rankings to me, which is puns. Yeah, because he does a couple of them. They go back and forth between Laura, Steve, and Stevel, just punning about the like shelf esteem. Yeah, and like she's in pieces. Just like, oh yeah, I'm in so many Steve. back to back to back um, <laughs> puns. And I know Josh loves puns, so it must I have do. been a treasure for him. <laughs> well, I th- there's that, but there's also like I think that. Uh, his pun game speaks to his his psychological terror instincts, uh, <laughs> which also speak to his super genius intellect. Uh, like the creativity behind what he's doing to the Winslow family is really unmatched. Uh, like this instantly, Steve will like ranks as one of like the top supervillains of modern memory yeah. uh, even if this isn't modern memory it's now my modern if memory. they ever do an old school mcu style version of tgif which they have done crossover episodes oh, it's all but the same yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 um i was actually and i was going so the next victim is the weirdest one turns over there's a big jack-in-the-box on the table and it cranks it up crank it steve <laughs> and it's a harry in the box with yes. easily the worst, you know, the most 1996 <laughs> computer special yeah. effects. Yeah. I believe it was blue screen, too, not even green screen, because yeah. they hadn't done green screen yet. I think in the behind the scenes, you see her against blue, which I'm just like, oh, right, blue screens. That yeah. was a thing. <laughs> um, yeah. But that one is cool because, like, yes, it's super weird and super nuts, but to, like that was one where I was absolutely like, oh, yeah, this is totally Twilight Zone. See, it's yeah, the famous know. episode of really the cool. kid. Yeah, it's a kid who can um, do like he's a kid in a like I can't believe I'm blanking on the name, but it's a kid in the small town who like he's able to like do anything. He he's he has a uh, high, fun- they, they high functioning this in reality the movie too, right? He, maybe there's a story that's similar to this in the yeah, in the movie but it's adaptation. a kid who turns his dad into uh, Jack in the Box in it, and the Simpsons do a parody of it um, oh. as well during one of their Treehouse of Horrors with Bart. Um, it's it's a very famous uh, Twilight Zone episode. And it's really great. Um, highly recommend it if you do like horror check that one out uh, cool. if you haven't seen it but like that was such a reference to me that I was like oh That's nice cool. and it just yeah and that showed like the the care about this episode that I think is really awesome is 
there was so much like from the horror genre, like you were saying, the score, the it's movement. Very psycho, child's play, it's very, Nightmare on Elm and Street. And I love that. I love that they pulled all that stuff. You see the references, and I yeah, like that it wasn't it's just. A blast. Yeah, so it's good. so well done. <laughs> so then Steve is like, you know what, Steve? I've had it. You're going in the fridge, and he chucks him in the fridge, and he thinks that he's defeated, <laughs> but. He doesn't count on Steve having burrowing powers because he just like busts yeah. out the fridge through the wall into the living room. How well, empty is the Winslow's fridge? Like, you can imagine what it's well. So so probably he consumes all of the food that's in his way. Uh, so capacity for eating. He could have and like a vortex mouth, you know, like mm-hmm. he's yeah, like Mad, he's, Mad Eater Lad yeah, from the Legion yeah, of Superheroes. He just inhales it all, and then he just punches his way through the fridge so hard and furiously through that a fridge, there's through smoke. A wall. Yeah, smoke is coming sizzling out, sizzling throughout the fridge. <laughs> Steve runs into the living room, and Carl's there, and it's like, oh, okay, cool. Carl's here. Carl seems fine, except he's not fine. Yeah. Yeah, Steve's like, oh my god, so steve is real, and he's killed your whole family, and it's all a nightmare, and Carl's like, honestly, good. Yeah. Yeah. If, I'm being, if I'm being completely honest, this isn't this. so bad. Oh, this yeah, is not eight so seasons. bad, I could use the break, Steve. <laughs> I uh, love the idea that Carl would just be like, you know what? Fine, just take me. Yeah, take I'm me, done. take my family, escape yeah, us from this horror. For a, for a minute there, I was thinking that like the twist of the episode was going to be like, oh shit, Carl's in a on it. This is so grim. <laughs> no, Holy it's crap. he isn't on it because Steve's not controlling him like a puppet, and like Carl like slumps over and then is like brought back up. And it's <laughs> oof. So this is his straight up. This is uh, his mind control. Yeah. Uh, like he can he can actively or, take over. Uh, is Steve yeah. has Steve punched in through Carl's back and is like grabbing him by the spine and like oh, he's like oper- pulling muscle. He's like operating his nervous oh. system. <laughs> Oh, God. That's God. horrifying. Yeah. That is the most horrifying no, I think Whoops. for this episode. Um, but then oh Steve, Steve is like, we're going to fight. You are not going to get me out on the road. I'm not going to be your puppet. And oh, another creepy moment, steve is like bouncing around like a little boxer. And he's just like, ah. yes. he's like a little scrappy. They get behind the couch. Um, and then he comes out with an actual puppet around, yeah, his, around neck. his neck. I love the transition. Uh, in Steve that then like beheads Steve. He rips his head off. He he gets very very violent. He he rips Steve's head off, and as if that's he not dis- enough of a kill move, he dismembers yeah. Steve. He removes his arms and legs and throws them across the room, and as if that's not enough. He then proceeds to jump up and down on Stevel's torso, crushing his sternum so that Stevel the ribcage may pierce the heart. Deserved it. it is 8.20 on a Friday night. Families are watching this. <laughs> Mouths dropped. It needs to go. <laughs> <laughs> so then, of course, you can't get rid of Stevel that easily. He basically, like, um, just reconformed. Like, he, like, healing factors together all of his limbs, you know, Deadpool Wolverine style. There's like these like invisible tendrils yeah. that are sucking his They're limbs sucking and his head Although, back into the torso. I did notice a string, like a thin, tiny string thin, on one of the arms as it pulled it. A thin it. tendril. <laughs> yeah, thin tendril. I imagine, Brett, this is how he was able to drive the car. Yeah, yeah. Because he was able yeah. to just like extend his leg with his tendril yeah. powers. So then uh, he then jumps up and this is like Steve is on the couch and then the the, the Steve suit, Joshua Ryan Evans in the Steve suit, Jumps on him and gets those hands around Steve's neck and just starts strangling. Can you yeah. imagine if this is how the episode ended? Also, that they didn't do the awakened part. It just 
Done. credits. But then Steve wakes up. <laughs> yes. For the first well, time, it, as we yeah. discover. It, it should be noted that in as far as the steve stuff goes, Steve loses. Oh, no, yeah, he's dead. Like, if, oh, yeah. If you just watch if this as a real, he was dead. If you watch yeah. it from the moment Steve goes to sleep and steve woken up, and to this moment, yeah, steve just murders all of them. Uh, yeah. It has to be... It has to happen. Estelle and Waldo. Some comic book publisher gets their hands on the Family Matters rights and a Steve old comic book series love, uh, that be- that begins with the you know the ending of the Steve dream sequence. <laughs> Do a sequel and where it is Estelle there. and Waldo teaming up. Mm-hmm. It's like we've got to take him out. They we should take down Steve. <laughs> and one of one of the twists is Judy is still out there. Well, Judy could uh, be the sorcerer that conjured yeah. Steve. That yeah. it, it's like the Revenge. first Scooby Doo. What a great yeah. twist! That'd yeah, be amazing scrappy. if you find yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. that yeah. Judy yeah. was the one behind yeah. it all. So Steve wakes up. IDW or Boom Studios. <laughs> we are hireable. Yeah. Come We're available. Us. We're available. Steve We're available. wakes up. Eddie is there. But all of a sudden, Eddie is like, "Are you sure you're not having like a paranoid blah blah blah?" Like very like flowery, doctory dialogue about Steve's brain and his anxiety and Eddie immediately wants to operate on Steve's brain yeah. with a uh, cake mixer, with a mixer stick. For a hot second, I thought to myself where I was like, wait, did Eddie go into like pre-med or something? Did I miss that part of this storyline? <laughs> well, no, no, just another dream. <laughs> no, he just wants to scramble it Steve's It is brains. weird that they didn't go for another Steve. Like, back. yeah, like, it's weird that the second, the, the second star will wake up the trigger for that is Eddie bringing the mixer to Steve's brain. It's like, it should have been that, but then all of a sudden Steve should have been like the bed and like wrapped his arms around him or something. Yeah, like, yeah. it should have been, been another, another Steve hit, yeah. but no, that's it. I feel no. like that's also, you know, going back to the idea of, of the tropes, I feel like that's also a trope that's existed, right? Like, not just a waking up and it's a fake, fake dream, but also waking up. And the real horror is a different horror. I mean, that's certainly very Twilight Zone-esque. Yeah. Where you'll have these Twilight Zone episodes where you think it's one thing at the end, a person might wake up, or they find out the real twist is a different twist that's a different type of yeah. horror. So it, it leads into that uh, a little bit. Yeah. But, um, what if this I, was the end? Like, what if next yeah. episode we have to deal with, so Eddie tried to scramble my brain? <laughs> <laughs> I love if the next episode just started off intervention Guys. style. Well, with that's Steve like- and everyone's talking to Eddie. About his attempt at murder, yeah, Eddie Steve will much like Chucky, uh, like he like cast his spirit out into uh, instead of from a, a sorcerer sh- into a doll. That should have been it. From a doll yeah. into Eddie. Oh, so then, that would be interesting. Possessed Eddie. Steve wakes up again, and the episode just ends like he's fine. He goes blah blah blah, and then Steve. The, the episode ends with a close up of Steve, but no movement. No sign of life. I wish so. they they ha- they had held like a beat longer, right? Because that yes. could have been that could have been your spinning top moment. Because yes. like they held it just enough that it ended, and you're like, okay. But if they held it just a little bit longer, you'd have been like, is yes, it? Yeah. Just then, like a, a really a really tight shot on Stevel, just like nose and eyes, yeah. and shaky cam, and then the eye twitching a little tiny bit, yeah, like just the a little bit, and then just the slightest cut to black, yeah, and then cut but maybe they're like we're already traumatizing children. We need to let them know. <laughs> I think he's that done. must have been the studio he's note of like, you can do this episode as long as by the end of it, it is crystal clear that none of that <laughs> happened. There is no threat yeah. that any of that actually happened. I also think that is why. So the episode ends with a quick like minute of behind the scenes of steve which I think is cool and I love seeing it, but I also do wonder if it was a network note of like, you need to yes. include something just to make sure kids yes. know all of this was fake. 
Like because yes. what they show you is the the Stevel actor <laughs> out of the make out of the head. They show people operating Stevel. Mm-hmm. They show um, Richie and Three J on the blue screen set. They also show poor Harriet, who they made get in a full jester costume, and they only yep. use her head. <laughs> no, like, they only use the head for it. <laughs> like what a prank. <laughs> that that is interesting about the studio note because I didn't think about it that way because like watching it here as an adult, I, like uh, my fiance and I were watching it together and we both like immediately were like, oh, that's so cool! They're showing us the behind the scenes because like we had many questions as we were watching yes. the filming about how they yeah. did certain things and what they were doing. So to actually see that, I thought was really cool. Um, but that does make sense that it might be like so children know like this was <laughs> not real, guys. Don't worry. So, but this must have been popular, right? They do because another one. Wh- one year later, yeah. <laughs> like, where they, they get a Carl too. And it's not as good. Carl's um, bad. So, oh, Carl's bad. Yeah. <laughs> so inspired by Josh, I wanted to. Um, do you want to rank Stevel's powers using the old Marvel <gasps> universe? Yeah, I do. <laughs> Trading card stats. Yes, I do. So, so just just guide us through what they are. So from one to seven, you know, with one being the worst, seven being the most, um, and. You know, two being normal human, two, three being normal human. Uh, what is Stevel's strength from one to seven? It seems oh, like a seven. It seems like a seven. Like that, it's it's beyond human strength. Well, that's for sure. Because he never really strikes uh, Steve. That we, like we never see an active strike from. I'm going to say he's probably a five. I think we never see an well, active is, strike from Stevel. But if we did, like, I feel like that's where you get the gore this is, and the viscera. But this is also where we get the like the the, the now we now we're gonna to the listeners. We're about to get real goddamn nerdy. <laughs> but are we ranking on the scale like is seven the Incredible Hulk or yes. does it become proportional strength? Because Spider Man proportional strength of a spider. Ant Man when he shrinks down has that proportional strength of an ant, so he can hit really hard. That sort of manipulates well, the measurements in a way, doesn't so it? Spider Man, see, like Spider Man's strength is a four. Oh, so wow. yeah. So like I'm thinking, and like rogue strength is a is a five. Right, then, Beast is then a four. If you can, if, yeah, just set up that context for us because I think that'll help yeah. us guide it. Under that logic, I would say a five makes. sense. I would say a five because yeah. he yeah. he clearly very quickly punched through a wall in what must yes. have been like two hits. If um, that. where Spider Man would have took if a while. That. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, yes. What is his intelligence? One through seven. I think that's. So, I think his intelligence is high. Are there like any Marvel giving, characters from the '90s that you think he's as smart as, and I can look up? <laughs> I mean, okay. Well, here comes if he is based on Steve. If he if he has if, if he we has can assume Steve, he has the intelligence level of Steve Urkel, then he's a seven. He's a seven. He is Reed Richards level yeah, well, intellect. It's like a Doctor Doom. Reed Richards' intelligence is a six out of seven. Wow. Who is seven uh, in the Marvel universe? Let me see what Doctor Doom's is. That'd be wild if Doctor Doom is a seven. I want yeah, an issue where Doom sense. like has this trading card and he's like, ha ha ha, finally, smarter. Uh, Doom's <laughs> intelligence is a Richards. six. Doom's yeah. Yeah. So yeah, because like Doom's whole thing is that he had I a problem. Put him in a six, yeah, I can say six. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I I have the I have an art because like okay, if we look at all the inventions Steve they Urkel never has made, Steve is the point. Yeah. He never makes like yeah. Reed Richards, I don't think there even hit the level of stuff from Steve. Yeah. He accomplished Reed Richards' biggest thing, which is like he 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 got the ability to create superpowers. He went into space. He's <laughs> more he's more um um precise in his calculations and measurements than Reed Richards is, and Doctor Doom because Doctor Doom told things that he messed up. I mean, the sample size that we have of Steve stories, right? Like in oh the one. Steve's story that that we have, he, it's a full one hundred percent complete victory. Yeah. Okay. I just realized 
Steve is Mr. Fantastic. Eddie is Human Torch. Laura oh is Invisible Woman. And uh, oh my God. Carl is the thing. Oh my Does God. Does that make sense? Does that work? And St- and Steve is Doom. Steve is Doom. Guys, I would watch this movie <laughs> so quickly. I do think yeah. I, I, I Castro White as Reed Richards. I actually um, was gonna that. was gonna mention this later, but like watching this episode and thinking back on Family Matters, what I because like I do want to get into like the importance of Family Matters as like a racial show. Yeah. Um, but this absolutely makes me want to write like a series or a comic that is essentially Rick and Morty, but it's Steve mm. and Carl. Like oh, so, you have so like this great way to use that IP. So that would be right. Yeah. Like that's, that's it. That's yeah. just what this could be because, Ugh. like, the whole thing of Rick and Morty is a parody of Doc and Marty from from Back to the Future. I would love to see the extreme parody <laughs> of Steve and Carl as like the as like new characters and have them do their stories, but of course keep it in in the you know person of color um, perspective. So good. Oh my god, I would love that. So hey, if anybody's listening, hit Make me up. up. <laughs> uh, what about energy projection? He doesn't well, have energy blast. He doesn't he does, have it. See that. He we do in the sequel, but he doesn't have it here. So I don't think we should rank it because we don't see it in this so one. So he's a one on energy projection. He's yes. not firing bio blasts or kinetic energy cards. Uh, <laughs> now mental. So Stevel Stevel is back in a second outing. The next, yeah, like yeah Stiebel, next, the yeah, character. Yeah. Stevel and Carl's bad. Does he do? Does he do okay? I can't remember um, that episode. It's not as good. Yeah. It's not okay. as good. We watched it right afterwards, and it's <laughs> it it's. I mean, doing okay is is debatable. Him and Carlsbad have a Vegas act at the end that doesn't go well. So okay, <laughs> see that's too stupid. <laughs> um, that's disappointing. So the, uh, his mental powers, though. I mean, he fully possesses. Yes, Carl, Carl and so. possibly Eddie. If we go with, with what happened in the uh, in the dream within the dream. Yeah, let me look up. Puppet, so Puppet Master's mental powers are only a three. That seems low. Really? That feels that feels that low. seems super low. I don't really know what Puppet Master's powers were though. But anyway, I think that I would give well, him a five. A five? Yeah, what about Mastermind? Right? See, Mastermind. Oh the- wait, no. Uh, hold on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm lucky that I have all of these right here. Um. I'm so like happy to be able to have this conversation with you, Brett White, uh, because like you yeah. are the one person too who I could be like, oh, yeah. what about Mastermind? You're like, oh, of course. Yeah, yeah Mastermind's Mastermind. yeah, just mental g- powers. Give me one second. Let me consult the binder. <laughs> Mastermind's uh, mental powers are a six. So okay, okay. I would put him maybe not as strong as Mastermind because Mastermind was able to take control of you know Dark Phoenix. I think five. A five, five. five feels yeah. good. Five feels good. Uh, five feels good. <laughs> and then fighting ability. Fighting oh, ability. High. Right. <laughs> Very high. I mean, he does it's beat funny. Steve. Who and he look beats at, Steve. Look at he, the dodging. He literally, he literally the dances circles around yeah. him. Yeah. <laughs> the big question is, do you think he would be able to beat uh, Steve when Steve was able to mix his DNA with Bruce Lee in that one specific oh, episode? No. Probably not. No. Yeah. Probably not. Probably not. So I'd give him maybe like a five. Yeah, I think five, five is fair. Because like, yeah. I don't think he's taken down... Um, I, I could even be convinced of four. Uh, you know, because there is a there is a version of this where where, where Steve wins the initial <laughs> fist fight. Gambit's right? fighting ability uh, is a five. He's just, unless he's just trying to like kind of like uh, lower Steve's defenses <laughs> with a false victory and that just speaks to his his super intelligence i, I definitely think that's what happened like yeah. he, so steve then, thought then he won then let's keep him at a five yeah. i think a five is good and yeah. then speed oh uh 
I have an argument for him actually having very fast speed ah, because, yeah. well, I guess if he was able to, because he was able to to go from Steve following Steve up the stairs, yeah, right, to then Steve is in the room and starts scotch taping to get down outside the house yes. up the side of the house that quickly yeah. seems really fast, and not only that was able to then punch through the hole and get to Carl. And uh, mind control Carl really quick. I feel like there's yes. a there's a level of speed there. Yeah, not I think maybe so. he's not Quicksilver, mind you, but well, I think a certain level of speed. Quicksilver's speed is only a four, which is that's what? wild nonsense. That's Who? his thing. Well, no, Who like the hell. So with yeah, that's weird. Um, Quicksilver's a four. Well, Who on these old faster? trading cards, like cosmic, like they were very. Like um, Quasar is a seven. Uh, Silver Surfer is a seven. Um, I guess Cannonball's a four. Which I think if Cannonball's a four, Quicksilver's a five. Like I don't think yeah. Quicksilver has to be faster than Cannonball. I feel well. But whatever. I, okay, wait. When when what year are these cards? Oh, these are ninety two. These are the Marvel Universe series thirty nine to ninety two. Okay, so so Peter David hasn't had his full run of what he no pun intended right. no pun intended yes of what Quicksilver is capable of yet. So they don't they haven't unlocked Quicksilver's real potential through yeah. Peter David. Iron Man so. is a six. The Iron Man armor can go to six. Quicksilver's definitely Archangel can that, fly so. to five. So yeah, I think Steve Steve feels like at least a four. Yeah, I would say yeah. four. I would I think say a four. four feels good, uh, <laughs> but like also that he's not as fast as Quicksilver. Yes, yeah. we, Quicksilver no. should be at least a five. Yeah, and, yeah. Cool. yeah. So that's the grievance to file. <laughs> that's all right. Well, someone's got to make the the Steve card. Yeah, hopefully someone listening. <laughs> yes, will... not like the full sequel, <laughs> the comic book series sequel, and at least uh, the card. Are y'all ready for some must-have facts about this episode? Yes, yes of course. Okay, so. I don't know. How many million people do you think watched this episode of television? Oh, my 100. God. A hundred million. <laughs> Nobody hit a hundred mil. I feel Live. like knowing that, like, okay, I think, like, Cheers finale was, like, 22 mil or something like, like that. I think it was, like, 70. S- 70 million people watched the Cheers finale live? Yeah, about, I think. Woof. I mean, okay, over well 50. Then- Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Because, like, at this... So, I mean, just spoiler alert, at this time, uh, 1996, like, your number one shows have, like, 30 million, 35 million. Like, it's a lot. No, totally. Yeah. And I know that, it's like, these days, like, and Big Bang Theory is the number one, and it's 17, 17 and that's, low. like, nowhere close. Because um, Fractured Society. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. I would say, let's knowing that, let's say 32 mil. Oh, my God. 
9.9. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I was just about to say like 10. That's sad. Yeah, I 9. wish there was so much more people. This is season yeah. 8 of Family Matters. It is, so you're, down, right, yeah. you're right. Uh, it was yeah. ranked number yeah. 36 for the week. It was the 36th most watched show of the week. The top shows of the week were number 8 was Frasier. Number 7 was 60 Minutes. Number 6 <laughs> was Touched by an Angel. Oh, dear God. Number 5 was an ep- was ER. And of then course. one through four were uh, games of the World Series. Okay, wow. so it's that time yeah. of year. Yeah, that's yeah. that's kind of sad for me. <laughs> I mean, Touched by an Angel was a hit. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. One could argue that in this episode, Steve was touched by an angel, and that is how he came <laughs> to life. Touched by the angel, Lucifer, <laughs> Morningstar, maybe. Touched by a demon. Oh, Lucifer's <laughs> a wild show on Netflix too. Um, so the ABC Friday Night lineup that this aired as part of uh, kicked off with Family Matters, and then an episode of Boy Meets World, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, and the Clueless TV show. That's Ooh, right. right. Closing out the right. night with 2020, which I loved as a kid. The coolest oh, show man. or 2020? 2020. I loved me some news magazine <laughs> shows for some reason. I would watch Primetime, Dateline, every night. Give it to me. I remember Wild. watching a little bit of the Clueless show because I love the movie Clueless. I definitely watched the show Clueless uh, uh, when it was happening. That actress was in something that Robin and I were watching recently. She went on to do stuff. I for, I, I'm completely blanking on Did it go all. to it's the WB? Thing, yeah. Did it go to another network after it ended? Clueless? Yeah. It may have gone to UPN. Yeah, because I don't think it lasts Um, on ABC that long. No. um, All right, here, quick question for you both. Uh, So first of all, yes, Brett, you're right. It went from ABC to UPN. Um, How many episodes of Clueless, the TV series, are there? Oh, God. 32. Kevin? Uh, Two episodes. If we do two seasons, let's go with 44. Uh, I guess technically you're closer. 62 episodes of Clueless the Television. It lasted three it years? Three seasons? Three seasons. Wow. Holy shit. 62 episodes. Standards were wild back then about what lasted. Clueless, well, I guess going to the UP and they're like, series. we are literally new. We don't, yeah, mm-hmm. please stay. <laughs> we have nothing uh, else. Wow. Rachel Rachel Blanchard was... The uh, actress. Was the actress who was in... Oh, and she was in... Uh, she was in a season of Fargo. Okay, that's so not that the one. recent. She was on Peep Show, the, oh, the wow. British comedy. Oh, wow. <clears throat> um, what else was she in? She, she was she was one of the flight attendants in Snakes on that's the Plane. That's the one. That's the one we saw. <laughs> that was the one. We were watching Snakes yeah. on the Plane, and she yeah. was on it. Wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. That was it. Yeah. Okay, there you go. <laughs> so, um... On IMDb, 70 users rated this episode a 7.2 out of 10. Would y'all go higher, lower? Does that sound right? Oh, higher for me. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't. I, I, I'm not. I, IMDb always skews weird. 7.2? 7, 7. 7.2. So what is the highest I don't, I, Family Matters episode? I don't know. Can we find out? Um, well, that's that's going to be a lot of things to scroll through. Yeah. yeah. Because I'll, I'll do a quick check. Family Matters, IMDb. I should do that, uh, actually. Yeah, um, episode. This episode 101 of this podcast. I should have actually realized to do that <laughs> by um, now. All right. Uh, the, the, there's a 7.1 in season uh, nine. Let's look at see it. Let's, uh, uh, season eight. Um, I do think... This might be too difficult. This, to me, is an 8.5 at a minimum. 
That's exact. I was literally going to say 8.5 for me just for ingenuity, for ballsiness. Yes. And just for like the ability of like pulling this off. So like, I will say season one doesn't have anything higher than a 7.4. There's a 7.5 in season, a 7.6 in season two. In season eight. A couple of sevens. Oh, a 7.7 <laughs> in season two. Yeah, this should be higher. Yeah. Steve will needs to go higher. Well, in sure. season That's eight, I so check. I looked at all the ones in season eight. It's all a bunch of sixes, and then there is one 7.0, and the Steve is a 7.2. So Steve is the best episode of season eight, according to these IMDb users. Uh, so I think that there, there's like some uh, Latter-day Family Matters bias. That yeah, is where they're happening. like, there's nothing good yeah. with the last seasons. And I'm like, yeah, Steve yeah. is there. Yeah. Steve. Yeah, I feel like uh, sight unseen uh, or sight not seen in decades. Steve would be the number one. I episode mean, of Family I Matters. will even say, and this is a list I am literally going to be writing for work probably next week. This is a top three best halloween episodes of all time wow possibly when, what, a top what error are you are you including in this time. is it the literally of all yeah. time yeah. well um, i mean I, the list will be you know also up to 2020 but like i honestly think like this and haunting of taylor house home improvement are like my two favorites you're, ta- you're talking sitcoms in oh, the sitcom yeah, no i don't i don't yeah, yeah, care yeah, a lot yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but like yeah. i don't know because like i'm i'm my, i'm probably biased but like the for me the, the brooklyn 99 halloween episodes they do where it's the like the the contest of like who can get the belt are so good and so funny but don't aren't halloween exactly. they're like there it takes place during halloween but it's not like tied to the yeah. the actual holiday and in a way that, that pulls it a christmas off. movie is sort of Which the conversation I, that you're having we have yeah. i have an article yeah. about that yeah. Yeah. Read. Yes. Yes. Um, yes yes no but i do i do think that like this is that like there's trick-or-treating in it it is a horror mm-hmm. like it is full-on hello it's halloween like I do think like it is a top it's a top five for me maybe even top two or three like it's this is an it's good. this is an without any irony spectacular episode of television <laughs> yes I wholeheartedly it's just agree. brilliantly done it is supremely fun it is like it, I don't know if it's necessarily scary but it makes you howl yeah like you it will it will elicit literal howling because you don't expect who had the must-see performance of this episode uh Stevel Stevel for sure right like are you just uh, on, on all levels are you saying like you know, both Richard Corral Josh, the voice Josh, and Josh Ryan Josh Ryan Josh Ryan Evans specifically okay, okay. uh Josh Ryan Evans the specifically physical. the mo- the physicality of Stevel is really where it's at the voice with respect uh I I think that maybe the voice could have been tinkered I think the voice the, the voice could have been played around with a little bit okay. but there's not a single thing about the physicality that I would change Including the fact that there are times where you can tell that that's a mask. <laughs> I yeah, Very I mean, I, I I like the voice again. I think going for like the Robert Unglund impression is is great. I mean, it you know they, if they could have gotten him a plus, but uh, I think that was maybe the heyday of Freddy uh, starting off. Um, if, if the first one was like eighty eight, this was in ninety six. Yeah, there, we might have been like four for like a nightmare like four at this point, but like. <laughs> um, that would have been great to to have gotten him, but I like the impression of again a reference point that I think is clever that this episode does to pull from horror uh, stuff in a way yeah. that we also watched a Boy Meets World, which was not a Halloween episode. Bizarrely, it just happened to take place in a scary setting. It was actually in February. Yep, which is wild. It does not count. Um, 
does not for count, me. but is 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 a fun episode. But they had a ton of references well, there to scream and everything else. I did one last year. Boy Meets World has an episode where they establish that witchcraft and human sacrifices are actual, real within the canon of Boy Meets World, and that is Candace correct. Cameron Bure plays a witch. <laughs> I didn't realize that was Candace yeah, Cameron and Bure. They don't undo it at the end of the episode. They leave the episode being like, "Oh yeah, uh, you know, uh, Corey was almost or the uh, at, wait, where the what the Eric." Eric. Eric and uh, little Lawrence brother were almost sacrificed. <laughs> Eric and Jack. Yeah. yeah. God, um, it's crazy. Yeah. The, it's the one thing that I wish about Steve is that they just left a little bit more room for interpretation that Steve was real. Yeah. Uh, and that Steve could still come back. In, uh, uh, Boy Meets World is crazy because yeah. like, I feel like all these shows hit a point, right? Like going into, I mean, Family Matters took a turn faster and maybe it was the, the forebearer of where these shows were ultimately going to end up. Yeah. But like almost all of these shows started to get sci-fi-ish fantasy, right? Yeah. Like, because Boy Meets World got real nuts at the end where certain things were happening that just felt really just not normal and kind of, like, creepy and weird. Um, <laughs> then you have things like, I mean, Perfect Strangers got pretty weird at the end as well. Um, step by step, introduce a character who may or may not have had super speed. It was oh, Flash. very bizarre. The Flash, yeah. Uh, like very, very bizarre, uh, <laughs> a bizarre series as these things kept going. And I guess that's like, that's a, that's a sitcom curse in a well, way. Like, right? If you're gone I, for long, you gotta think of new things to do. And it gets, I guess I, when you, when I your appreciate... entire show hinges on keeping one actor happy because like Urkel is the show. If Urkel, if Jaleel right. White is not happy, you can't have a show without him. Cause when Sasha Mitchell had to leave step by step because he's a alleged Terrible domestic person. abuser. Hi. Um, uh, the show like flounders for two more seasons like try like just trying anything so when Jaleel White is like I'm getting bored they're like do you want to play a hot person here's Stefan Arkell do you want a uh, horror show yeah. here you go like they yeah. Jackie Chan no um, Bruce Lee go for it like Bruce Lee yeah. They they really do you want Stefan and Steve to be two separate people so now that you can have different interactions can play a different role yeah absolutely yeah. you gotta keep gotta keep him happy and then the second he doesn't want to do it anymore you can't do and the it, show well, it's so it's so weird because like at the same point though like you know debates about whether it's a good thing or a bad thing I I don't know I prefer almost a show being wilder and crazier in that way than like Wild and crazy what Friends show. ultimately became right like Friends to me. Friends- faltered because like you just the characters were unable to grow and evolve because the show kept going on for so long so they had to stay where they are because you never know where it's going to end yeah so like you have ross becoming the worst character in tv history awful um yeah he's 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 real bad Uh, which sucks because like rewatching early friends ross is actually like great yeah like he's great and then he just becomes the goddamn worst (laughs) like (laughs) it's making wonder now what if they'd introduced a cool Ross, a clone Ross. Like, what if Prince had gone that route yeah, of like, now all of a sudden um, Phoebe's um, going to space? <laughs> but yeah. like, that would have made like I would have been like way Phoebe more into that insanity, awesome. right? Like, yeah. yeah, Phoebe into space. Like, Phoebe has a like super genius. But like, instead, they did super genius. They did like reason. an alternate reality two parter where they showed like what if they, they never did. met. So they did stuff like that, which I and I, they all still met and hook, hooked up in different yeah. uh, different pairings, which is weird. That's my, maybe that's like a personal thing, but I, I hate flashback uh, episodes. Like, I hate like the Felicity Felicity ending like, was basically that. that. It's just they're not really going for it in the way that like I think you're talking about, Kevin. And that's the difference. I think that's the deal breaker is that when Family Matters like took these swings, clearly like 
They literally sent Steve Urkel to space. They literally yeah. sent a murder puppet Steve Urkel after the entire Winslow family. Yeah. You know, like, watch out. He invented, yeah, uh, a cloning machine. Yeah. He invented he invented time travel. That's one of my favorite bits uh, from Family Matters. Like he could be into so the, rich. Yeah, getting into Family Matters as like a cultural thing. Um, but, you know, like Steve invent- inventing a time machine is amazing. That I just remember a bit specifically because he comes in and tells Carl, and Carl is just like, "Oh, okay," and he's like, "Aren't you impressed?" And it's like, Steve, by this point, you invented a jetpack, this, this, and this. Frankly, time travel, okay. Like, and it is like also I feel like partially Reginald Bell Johnson being like, "Why the fuck not?" Um, oh, yeah, they shrink. There's a shrunken episode. Yeah, there's a shrunken episode. But like, so Family Matters is wild, right? Because Family Matters started off as like a show that its importance level for people of color, and especially for black people, is huge yeah. because you didn't really have it. You had the Cosby show and sort of that was it for a while. Like you got different strokes. You got a few of the spinoffs. Right. And then Family Matters was like a new age of allowing television for a black family. And it started off very much about that being a middle class black family. She was an elevator operator America. and yes, he was a cop. In Perfect Strangers. Yeah. yeah. And that was different from from um, uh, Cosby Show in key ways, right? Because the Huxtables were successful. Doctor Lawyer, was, they exactly they were very successful. They grew up in affluent households. Um, this is very much middle class black family, and they played yeah. a lot of those racial stories. Because it's not um, also like good. T- it's not also like the um, what's happened in good times, late seventies, where it's like it, they're you know really lower class and having fun, and then like really showing that side, like. Family Matters is literally like is middle is in between these two. Yeah. And it's and it was great. And I loved it when it was that. And then as the show went on, as you said, like Jaleel White became the breakout for studio reasons, because studios are want to be studios. uh, The show became about him and it turned into a wacky, crazy sci fi romp. But (laughs) looking back, like I think I think the show lost something really uh, in its heart because of that, which does suck. Yeah. Um, because again, you don't have a lot of, especially then, and to an extent, barely now, like you, you, we have a lot more now, but you don't have shows that allow you to tell stories about black families in America. So we lost it. We lost the one pretty much. We had Hanging with Mr. Cooper, well, there were a, which there was were not a as good. lot in the early nineties. Cause there was, all, there was, um, Hanging with Mr. Cooper, Sister, Fresh, Sister. Fresh Prince, Sister, Fresh Sister, Prince, Sister, Sister, um, Fresh Prince of course is legendary. Uh, a different um, world. Uh, well, a different world. Well, wasn't that the spinoff or yeah. Oh, there was, um, Oh God! Living single and a different world. Living single, yeah. yes. So like the like Fox came along. I did this like so after the 2016 election. <laughs> my friend, who is a teacher upstate, wanted me to come and just speak to her high school. Her the uh, LGBTQ group at her high school. She wanted me to just like come up and speak to them. And I told them like we did. I was basically like the country is going to backslide. Whatever. Progress we made in the last eight years, Republicans and like conservatives are going to try to convince you that it never happened. And that thing, because I was like, look at how many black family sitcoms and black sitcoms that were on TV in the 90s. There were whole networks like UPN and the WB started UPN, to, and yep. Fox started. They, they carved out that niche and then other, the big networks also did it. And then look what happened when George Bush was elected president. How many black family sitcoms do you remember from the early 2000s? Like all of yeah. a sudden, like female leads disappear, people of color. Well, they had, leads an, disappear. they had an entire war on that 
Because, like, look, that that style, like, you look at Family Matters, you look at Living Single, which Family Matters, I will say, does feel different to me. Fresh Prince is a good comp. Yeah. Um, but Family Matters dealt with race in a way and, like, being black in a way that I think those other sitcoms weren't hitting in terms of, like, the drama. Like, living, like, all of them touched on being black in America, but, like, were a lot more sitcom-y, were a lot more fun, were, didn't really delve into the depth, right? Um, but... When you look at what happened at the time, George W. Bush and the Republican Party, being what they are, started realized they could start a war on emergent culture yeah. that wasn't your typical 60s white culture. And so you have these shows where minority families, I think I joked with Josh about this, but like minority families like picking on each other a lot more, are a little more disrespectful um, in their jokes and stuff like that. And so you have this thing where it feels like this is not what American culture is. Children should respect their parents. Uh, it should be like this. Women should be not working. They should be in the kitchen. Yeah. And they had this war on what families should be and a lot of um um uh, minority shows went against that so you have wars on these types of shows you have wars on the simpson which was there like you know barbara bush especially like and, and george bush really wanted to go after yeah. the simpsons and so you you had the elimination of this programming because they weren't what it should be right yeah. like even roseanne got picked on a lot but that that was a little bit different well like, it's like roseanne was picked on in the 90s because she was liberal and right then come back and now it's it's Fully wild. Yeah, yeah. yeah but I think like Family Matters existing as a TGIF, a very popular show. Like it was a very popular show earlier in its run. Being on a Friday night and using that to talk about like the N word and like racism. Yep. Like I learned about that stuff because of Family Matters was teaching it to me as a seven year old on Friday nights. Like before I would watch Step by Step and all these. Like it was a big deal because fresh prince wasn't i think that fresh prince is a great show and i think it's better written like the jokes on it are so good and but it was never as popular as family matters in terms of like i think in the ratings i don't think it ever really was like family matters was like where did fresh prince air it was cbs nbc it was nbc it was on monday nights on nbc paired with blossom for a while Hmm. (laughs) huh That's an interesting yeah. combo. So it is. Uh, Family Matters is super important, and I don't. It doesn't. It definitely doesn't get to be. It does it a disservice to lump it in with Step by Step and Full House and like a bunch of the uh, sillier ones because season three of Family Matters goes there and it goes there hard and it's actually really good. Uh, but Waldo is one of the greatest TV characters ever, and no one Waldo Geraldo Faldo. Love, he's so good. <laughs> it's it's and and here's the thing though, right? Like. The change happened. The show became more about Steve. But this episode is a good example of it. This show also explores genres and things that essentially people of color and black people weren't allowed to be in. Oh, especially yeah. not as a focal yeah. point, right? A horror-centric black story it was such a rarity. Sci-fi, black sci-fi, <laughs> even as, as psychotic as this was... That's not a thing that that we got to see. And so to have something like this, to essentially have Steve be probably the smartest person in the world. Yeah. Like a black character. Yeah. yeah. In in that universe, to be have a black character be the smartest person in existence is kind of incredible when you think about it. Like they played it for jokes and they played it nuts. But to be able to do something like that, like 
I'm just like I said, trying to think of, of of launching a show now. Like, there's so much debate about like the Fantastic Four making Reed Richards black Please. for racist reasons. Yeah, but like that idea of just even creating a show where you have a black character that's that smart will still get blowback. Well, Shuri like, in Black Panther when they establish yes. she is the smartest yeah. person in the world, and you get yeah. Bros being like she can't be smarter than Hulk or Iron Man, and then in Infinity where they show yes, she is, she is definitely definitively smarter. at least smarter yes. than Hulk. Because they yep, have a scene yeah. together, and he's like, what the fuck? Okay. We didn't yeah. think of that. But, yeah. like, the problem no. is, is, like, we, there are so many great shows that get made now. Like, Woke on Hulu is really, really great. I like, I love that show. Love, um, I love Woke. The thing is, is our fractured TV audience is not even 9.9 .9 million people are going to watch A Master of None or... Uh, or even like a pin 15 or any of these shows that are that are doing the more marginalized storytelling they're gonna find well, their niche audiences and then nothing and it bums me out because we live in all of our bubbles it's always hard and it's so it's so frustrating because like for so long especially if you look at the 90s like right like it's so hard to get diverse enough shows certainly for people I mean, you know, like like you mentioned, there was a lot of like uh, black sitcoms because you were seeing success in that because th there was an audience that clearly existed. You had All American Girl was the one Asian American oh, show that, that failed. Show. And like, that's a whole thing, right? We didn't get another Asian American like, family show for 20 years, 20 years. <laughs> uh, until, yeah, until Fresh Off the Boat yeah. showed up. You, for me, and like, you, you know this, you know this world better than I do, Brett, but like off the top of my head, from time to now, I could think of maybe one Indian American show that is a sitcom that exists that just launched on Netflix by Mindy Kaling last year or this year. No, we never have that I is, ever. I don't even. Oh yeah, never have yeah, I ever. This year, like this I can't year. like thinking off. Yeah, this year, thinking off the top of my head, I can't think of any because Outsource was about a white person. Like <laughs> you, you, you look at you look at this God. stuff and like that's the existence we lived in because if you and American Girl was a test case. If you have one and it fails. Um, and there's a whole episode of the show I love called a podcast I love called Code Switch about it. It's called Rep Sweats. Is what happens to a lot of us that we're we have to watch these shows and support You're it. Just talking so about we that can, on yeah, Lovecraft on Lovecraft, yeah. so we can get more of it. And like American uh, All American Girl failed, so we didn't get another for twenty. We people like me don't have any option to ever have it. Master of None was the closest I got, and I have stated this, and I will state it forever that. The Master of None episode, Indians on TV, is one of the most important pieces of television I have ever seen in my entire life because it spoke to me in a way that was the first time I truly – there was a question going around. When was the first time you you saw yourself in um, in, in entertainment or something like that, right? And I joked and I said short circuit um, <laughs> as a purposeful joke uh, because, mm -hmm. it, because it was true because for me as a kid, that was the first time I saw someone that really looked like me not knowing that it was me. Um, but then – the actual real answer, someone that actually felt like me, talked like me, addressed the issues I've talked about in entertainment was Master of None. That episode specifically. And that's insane yeah. to think about that. It took me 33 years before I got to the point that I could have something like that. And that episode addressed that short circuit thing. It addressed the idea of having a show with Indians on TV and like people won't watch it. When's the time? Like it was so important to address this stuff. And even now, like we're leading to this idea, right? It took us so long. We start to get headway. We have great shows like Blackish existing, which is one of my favorite shows on TV um, and like just super important and not highly recommended, especially the early seasons when talking about race and everything oh, in such yeah. a way. Um, but like because of the fractured audience, because of the way things exist, because of now even bizarrely more pressure to be successful in your early seasons. Oh, yeah. Just as hard, if 
possibly harder for us to get these type of things now because before it was like maybe you could get a couple seasons before your show took off. No, now, green light. Netflix is canceling stuff in two yeah, seasons. Netflix in? will green light yeah, all the diverse done, creators are like, yes, look at us. We're I mean, wait, that literally happened where oh god what show did they cancel and in the tweet announcing the cancellation they were like we promise to support uh one day at a time oh yeah we 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 promise to support more latinx creators and it's like well then you just canceled you just the one that ran for three seasons that had unanimous critical acclaim and that was growing an audience but because of your algorithm you were like done but then in the goodbye tweet you're like we're so proud we're going to keep continuing latinx creators but also, bye bye one day at a time. And then CBS is like, cool, we have it. <laughs> we have it. But it is, it also, it's tied to like the same problems that we had previously exist, right? The reasons why shows like All American Girl and other shows were harder to do is because the argument was the audience didn't exist. And if it didn't, if it failed and like the people weren't watching it because capitalism, mm-hmm. we, we would lose the show. It's it, nothing has changed, and it's almost like maybe capitalism is the problem. Um, but like nothing has changed because you have these shows that need to be successful because otherwise, if it's not making money, if the if the math isn't right, then we gotta cancel it. And I do understand that from the business point, but like it comes down to that. It needs to make X amount and have X amount of viewers in order to turn a profit so we can continue it. And it's becoming harder and harder in the streaming space, especially as more stuff pops Everything up. Everything gets um, like there's no. I mean. The binge season all at once. I mean, like, it's like a larger conversation. Just like everything about the TV model is just completely, from my point of view, shattered and broken. Uh, the fact that we can't get more than 30 episodes of any show. And I guess it does sound kind of like um, silly to be like, I deserve to have 100 episodes of my show. But you don't get an episode like steve Unless your show is around for eight seasons. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> you don't get a show like this unless the, you give them time and, like, space to play with stuff. And that's the that's the beauty of television is, like, investing a lot of time with these characters that grow and change. And even if you're only doing ten episodes a season, it should run for six, like, Shit's Creek. You know, ten episode seasons, very short, but, like, you got six. Like, you got, mm-hmm. you got to spend time with them and netflix by doing this like dump all the season all at once you're only going to get them wait a full year to 16 months <laughs> for another season that you'll watch yeah, in a week family matters today it would be like an 18 episode season or it would be uh, an 18, 18 episode, episode series, series and done like yeah. Yeah, it, it, I mean. it just yeah, it exactly. just yeah it just bums me out also because you know my dream job is being a staff writer on cheers and like having that gig for 11 years and like ugh. but can't time, time travel, yeah. Brett. Just find Steve I mean, or he'll make it. Find Steve. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> so to start to uh, wrap things up, must other people see this episode of television? I feel like yes. We, oh, one hundred percent. Especially this yes. month. Especially spooky month. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. This is a. I mean, this is an elite episode of television, <laughs> let alone Halloween television, let alone Halloween sitcom television. Yeah. It's just an elite episode of television yeah. that uh, I couldn't be more thrilled to have put in front of my face today and it's such a great <laughs> microcosm of the time period like if you look at like what 90s sitcoms if you're wondering like what 90s sitcoms is- are and were just take a look like there's yeah, people will tell you <laughs> it's like i'm imagining someone being like you've been on so many dates but i just don't understand you yet hold on let me just put on hold on Steve just the thing. <laughs> this will tell you I've everything made, you need to know about where I come s- from. Yeah. There's been something there's something I've been keeping from you all this time. It's, 
If I've seemed closed off, it's because I didn't want to let you in on this part. I yet. saw this. You now have to watch Steve. It was a Friday night. <laughs> my family ordered Little Caesars like we always did. It changed my and life. Steve Urkel came on and he said it was going to be scary, and we just thought it was funny, but he was right. He was. He it was, was right. scary. I couldn't he sleep scared that the night. Shit out of us. I couldn't sleep the night after that. I couldn't sleep ever again. Nightmares have haunted me. Haunted me forever. <laughs> Flip the of switch! The fry him! <laughs> he's on death row is where he's giving that monologue from. Um, anyway. Yeah. Hooray! Where can... Um, well, yeah, what, what do y'all have popping up in October that you want you want people to check out? Ooh. Uh, a couple things. Josh, you can hit the post-show stuff before I do my own nonsense. Yeah, sure. So Kevin and I are podcasting a ton together. We've got the Everything is Super podcast, which is wrapping up the Marvel Cinematic Universe rewatch in October. Uh, and then we will be swinging into something else uh, shortly thereafter. We are also wrapping up our coverage of Lovecraft Country, which Kevin and I do with Latanya Starks over at Post Show Recaps. Uh, rumor has it that Kevin, Latanya, and I may take a trip to a galaxy far, far away at the end of the month in October. Seems like there's something in that universe that is happening at the end of October that we may embark upon. Uh, so that's what Kevin and I are specifically doing. And then just generally post-show recaps is entering the Patreon phase. Uh, if you want to, to get involved in that, support the show, support the hosts, you can go to postshowrecaps.com slash patron, or you can go to patreon.com slash postshowrecaps. I think we'll take you to our page as well. Um, we've got a few different options uh, for anybody who has any interest in supporting the show, interacting with the hosts at a deeper level. Uh, we'll have have uh, patron-specific podcasts dropping in our patron-only feed. We're pretty pumped about it, so hopefully uh, if anyone enjoyed Kevin and I on here, you may be inclined to check out what we're doing over on Post Hell yeah! Yeah, um, and then beyond that, like all the Post Show stuff, I'm very excited about, especially doing it with Josh and um, LaTanya. Uh, Josh and I go way back, so it's always then. We go way back with Brett as well. Uh, I know. This is... uh, (laughs) It's, it's a great time. Um, these movies are awesome, and I love talking about them, and we got some cool stuff coming up there. Um, anyone can also check out my website. I'm going to plug uh, themahadman.com. That's uh, the M-A-H-A-D man.com. Um, basically, I put up some of my comic book work that I've done uh, that you can check out. I'm trying to update that more regularly, and I'm also posting some fun scripts that I'm writing for funsies uh, for comics. Um, yeah, trying to like pitch some stuff, trying to break into that comic book world. Hooray! So hopefully it can get momentum there. Um, and then you can follow me um, on Twitter's at Kev Mahadeo to hear me rant about the state of the world and retweet a lot of stuff from <laughs> Brett also yes. <laughs> about the state of the world. Screaming to the void. <laughs> Uh, great yeah um thanks so much <laughs> for coming yeah, thanks oh for God. having us this is so I, great i'm so grateful <laughs> we, <laughs> I, i'm filled with gratitude we, for a uh getting the chance to hang out with you again brett but also in this specific context and bringing steve back into my heart we survived yes. and yeah. that does it for this episode of must have ctv thanks again to my guest josh wiggler kevin mahadeo for dropping by and talking about family matters with me next time i'll be discussing i don't know what because i haven't booked it yet but it's gonna be spooky it's gonna be <laughs> halloween and you'll just find out when the episode comes out you know what and we don't edit and we don't i plan but not that far ahead. Until then, I want to hear from all of you. Follow Must Have Seen TV on Twitter and Instagram. And let's talk about sitcoms or literally anything else. And like I said, if you want to watch live streams of Halloween episodes, I might be live streaming them on the Instagram. So do that. And don't tell 
uh, whoever owns the copyright to all those shows, but whatever, who cares? If you like what you've heard, please <laughs> write and rate and review the show in Apple Podcasts because it helps out in ways I don't understand. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at, at Brett White. Read the words that are right at decider.com, including a whole lot of Halloween sitcom content because it is October. I didn't dig in the archives and find the article I read about Stevel when I first discovered it and the horror was fresh a couple years ago. Thanks to ACAST for hosting the podcast. Thanks to everyone for listening, and I will scare you next week. Oh, I must have seen TV. <laughs> 